You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Give the Lord some praise, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead and grab a seat tonight, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Uh, Today I want to minister as we start this new year uh, of the first service of 2018. I want to minister a message entitled, Do Your Part. I want you to look at somebody and say, do your part. Come on, come on. You got to do your part, amen. And so uh, how many know that we all have a part to do? Come on. It doesn't matter if you just got here or you've been here for a while, we all have a part to do. And if we do that, then we can grow individually, and then we can grow as a church in 2018. How many want to do that? Come on, how many want to grow a little higher? You know, I I was ministering on Sunday, amen, that sometimes we're going to have to stand up and get a better view of what God has for us, amen. You know, we, we sit in our problems we sit in our situations, uh, we sit in, uh, uh, in, the, in the place that we're at, amen, and, and we just sit there because we don't do nothing, and so we kind of just sit there in limbo for a while, but God wants you to stand up to get a better view. Come on, there, there's great things in store for all of us. God has some great promises. There's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God that God wants us to embrace, but we have to do some things. Can somebody say Amen. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Now, I'm going to read a couple of verses there from 11 to 13. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And the Word of God says this, Now, these are the gifts of Christ who gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. Somebody say His work. And to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of the Son, God's Son, then we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You know, we're here to do our part. Listen, none of us, listen, is better than all of us. Did you get that? None of us is better. None of us alone is better than all of us together. We, we need all of us. Can somebody say amen? Come on. But our oneness in Christ does not take away what God has given us individually. The Holy Spirit has given each disciple, each follower, each person that calls himself Christians, amen, gifts to build up the church. Another translation says to equip, to prepare all the saints, to put into right standards. But we all, somebody say we all. We all have a part to do. You got a part, I got a part, she has a part, he has a part. We all have parts to do in this body, church. But 
as Paul's addressing it here in Ephesians, who is he talking to first? Come on. Come on. He, he says that we all have a part in building his church, but Paul addresses that these gifts of Christ are given to the church, to the apostles, to the prophets, to the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He's addressing those who are appointed in leadership, those that are part of the servanthood of the house. That's where it all starts, church. Someone has to take the initiative. Come on, that's why God appoints a leader, an overseer. Then he brings forth leadership, amen. So everything of all this that it starts with, it starts with leadership. Come on, in building, in preparing, in equipping, and teaching the people to live right by being an example. We, we, we have to be an example towards people, but it has to start with leadership. Amen? Now, we all have gifts. Come on, all of us here, God has given us a gift. We have to use the gifts that God has given us. You Now that you have, have given these talents or these gifts, we as a church have to put them to work. It's very crucial for us to use them in order for the church to grow. Are, are you following me? Come on, if we don't use the things that are given to us, if we don't use the very tools that God has given each one of us, then nothing gets built. Come on. Come on, some of us are hammers, some of us are nails, some of us are things, but all of us together we can build something. And so we understand that what God has given us and what God has placed inside your heart and the desires that he's given you to do, those are things that he's saying, I want you to use this because you can use it. I gave it to you. Now get to work and do your part. Now, if you want to get physically built up in your body, how many know that you're going to have to exercise? Come on. The body, the muscle does not come automatically. Amen. Come on. Just because you have a membership card doesn't mean that you're in shape. Come on. Somebody says the truth. Come on. It's the same way. Just because you come, you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. Come on. It doesn't mean that you're a disciple unless you exercise your faith, unless you exercise the things you're doing something for the kingdom of God, otherwise all we're claiming is the membership card as a Christian. We're a Christian, we're a disciple if we do and what we need to do and we exercise our faith in the kingdom of God. Are you exercising the very gifts that God has given you? Come on, you can ask, answer that little question yourself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Come on, am I just here? Am I exercising? You know what, God has encouraged me to do this or do that. Are you using the very gifts that God has given you? In other words, are you doing your part, church? Amen. Thank you. There's one person there that says, I'm using my gifts. Amen. Hallelujah. Our kids have a part to it. You understand? Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone has a part. Amen. Even our children. Even our kids, amen. As she even answered, yeah, I'm doing my part. You know, she, she, she understands that, you know what, I got a part here. We, we got to understand that we all have a part here. Come on, if you think that you're coming here and you have no part, then the devil is lying to you. And when you're not using the very parts or the gifts that God has given you, then you're going to die. You will die spiritually or you will become religiously a person that just comes to church. 
See, equipping is needed to inspire God's people to do the work. Amen. Uh, we are here to do his work. Somebody say his work. Come on, we're here to do his work in 2018. Uh, that way everybody can do their part. 1 Corinthians 12, 22, and a New Living Translation says this. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. So even if you think, man, uh, my, 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 my part is not a big thing. Uh, all I do is put some words on the screen or all I do is, you know what, I sweep once in a while. All I do is this or that. You, you look at small, but even says here, even those things that seem uh, the least important or the weakest is actually the most necessary. Because when you're involved doing something, uh, even if it's something little, you feel part of. Can somebody say amen? And that's why it takes all of us to do what God has put in. You know, we have to do a service. We have to do our parts. This is what unites the members of the body of Christ. Christ himself set himself as an example. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Luke chapter 22, 27, it says this, Jesus says this, who is more important? Is it the one that sits at the table or the one who serves? The one that sits at the table, of course, but not here, not in this case. I am the one who serves. Come on, the, it seems like the one that's sitting at the table and the one that's serving, the one that's sitting and getting served is more important than the one that's serving. But God says, you know what, in the kingdom of God, it's the one that serves that's more important. The question is, are you doing your part? If you know what your gifts are, church, are you looking for opportunities to serve in them? Or you're just waiting for something to be presented to you. See, when you got gifts and you're flowing in the kingdom of God, you look for opportunities to, to serve in that. You look for opportunities to do what you need to do. See, no one really needs to ask you to do something when inside you, you know what you need to do. And that's what a disciple is. That's somebody that's doing their part. They're simply just doing. I like, I like people that just take the initiative. You know what? They, they don't need to ask, uh, Pastor, you want me to pick up this paper? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> you know, they, they, we got to ask, can I, can I move, can I, can I sweep? Uh, no, I don't want you to sweep, leave it dirty. No, you take the initiative. Everyone does their part, amen. Uh, can, can I go pray, for, go pray for somebody? Go, go serve. Uh, can you teach? Go teach. Go do what you need to do if it's in your heart. Do what God has given you. Don't sit down in it and waiting for someone to be asked. You simply look for opportunities to serve in that gift. Are you following me, church? See, if you don't know how to use them, then you need to ask God, God, how can I operate in this gift? Or, or, or why don't you study about it? Why don't you learn about it? And things like that. Because if you, and if you really don't know what your gift is, then start to ask God for it. God, what's my gift? I've been here for the, uh, this amount of time. What is my gift? What, what can I do? What can I do to offer in building this church and building your kingdom? See, as you begin to recognize your special gift, 
of service, church. When you start to use those gifts, it will start to strengthen and it will start to encourage the church. As we do this, growth will come to our church in 2018. But we all have to do our part. We all have to do our part. It does not fall just on the pastor or the pastors. It does not just fall on the leadership. It's all of us together doing our parts. But if our leadership is not doing their part, then we're not showing to be the example. That's why it starts with leadership and it starts with the people. So all of us have an opportunity to be part of the church. You know, when, when, when pe- I love it when people come, how, what can I do? What, how can I be part of this church? You know, when they come, they're looking for opportunity. I want to do something. Well, what do you do? What, 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 what's your gift? What do you want to do? Well, I feel like I want to do this or I want to do that or whatever it is. You start to ask. And you start to ask. Let me tell you, opportunities are created in the church. God has given the church an enormous responsibility to go out and make disciples in every city in every state, in every nation. How many know that's a big job? How, how many know that one person can't do it? Come on, it takes all of us. See, you may not be called uh, to pastor, but let me tell you, you're an evangelist. Everyone here is an evangelist. If you can speak the gospel, share the gospel, you're an evangelist. And we are to evangelize, we are to make disciples in every nation. Uh, you got to teach them the word of God. You've got to Teach them uh, the things they need to do and not to do. Those are things. You've got to disciple people. And God has called the church. He, had, he didn't call the pastor. He didn't call just leadership. He called the church. Go and make disciples. Teaching them to observe all the commands. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, that's our duty. Say, that's my duty. That, that's your duty to do is to go and make disciples. This involves preaching, teaching, healing. It involves nurturing, giving, building, helping. And there's all kinds of other things that fall into this category. And we have to fulfill it, this command. We have to fulfill it. We can't do this alone, church. If we fulfill this command alone, we might as well just give up. If I came here thinking, man, I'm going to build a church, I, I, I would have gave up a long time ago, church, because alone I can't do it. It'd be impossible to win the world by myself. It'd be impossible for just a few individuals to do that. But it took these 12 disciples to disciple people. And they disciple people. And they disciple. This is how the church grew. If we don't disciple church, if we don't go out there and do our part, the church will die or you will die. It's our responsibility to take this enormous responsibility that God has given us and use the very talents that God has given us to build his kingdom. Come on, the enemy, I can tell you right now, as I'm ministering on, on, on breakthrough and I'm going to minister the second part on Sunday, how important it is for us to recognize that we have an enemy that wants to take you out and play with your mind. And he wants to deceive you. He does not want you to grow. He does not want you to do anything. He wants you to just stay there. He wants, you, he wants to agree with you. If, you. if you disagree with something in the church, he wants you to disagree with that. He wants you to put you in a state where you just sit down and stop doing things instead of doing your part. This is an attack from the enemy, and the enemy comes into the church sneaking his way, and he starts 
taking out people. He'll take out leadership. He'll take out individuals where you just sit down and say, I'm just sitting down. I'm not doing nothing. But we got to do our part, church. Every person. Every person has a part to do. Let me tell you, when you start to operate in your gifts, you'll be a lot happier. I'm happy when I preach, man. I'm happy I'm doing the things that God is calling me to do. I, 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 I don't look at this as, oh, man, i gotta, I got to minister. <laughs> oh, I don't want to minister. You know, I, I get excited doing these things. When, when they call me to go minister to, at a church and say, can you come preach this conference? Or can you do this? Can you, can, can you come over here? Heck, yeah. I'm looking for an opportunity. I'll go. I'll, I'll use me. Whenever you want, I put, my, I put my name out and say, come on, call me up. I want to go bless. I want to do, I want to be used by God. I want to stir the gift inside of me. I want to use the gift to build up his body. But we can't do this alone, church. That's why God calls us members of one body. See, some of us can do one thing, great. Others can do something else, great. But together, church, come on. As we obey, we can do more than anyone can do alone. Amen? Come on, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you as it does its part. Or a part of it. You're part of it. Come on. You see, the body of Christ, we can do more together than anyone can do working by themselves. Working together, church, the church can express the fullness of Christ. Come on, when everyone's doing their part, when people come and visitors come and they see everyone just doing things, our, our ushers are in position, uh, our usherettes are greeting, our greeters there. We got people working in the cafe, serving there. They got a kids' church, they got a teacher waiting for them, amen. When they see all this operating, all together, people cleaning up and taking their part and just taking the initiative and doing these things, they see the fullness of Christ. They see a body working together, functioning together. And they come into this place and say, you know what, I want to be part of this. Can I do something here? They, they, they want to be part of it because it seems like it's family and this is what it should be. Family. Can somebody say amen? That we come together and it's not just selected individuals that, that do certain things only, amen. But you can be part of it. You can do whatever it is, even if it's behind the scenes thing, or doing this, or just being creative and say, can I, can I design this or do this for the church or whatever it is. Whatever you, you, even the simplest or the least expensive are necessary. Can somebody say amen? As we work together in 2018, church, it creates unity, which brings, uh, bring, that unity brings maturity. When we start to grow together, and we start to work together, church, we start to mature together. Come on, somebody. The definition of maturity is this, fully developed, adulthood, grown up. Maturity is not how old you are in the church, it's how much you have grown in the church. Maturity is not thinking of, uh, maturity is thinking of others, not just living for yourself. When you start to be a mature Christian church, you're not thinking about you anymore. You're thinking about others. What can I do for others to make this grow even more? How can I build somebody? How can I disciple someone where we can grow, amen? You're not thinking of yourself. You're not thinking what you want. You're, you're looking, man, I, I can't do what I want. I live for others just like Christ lived for us. 
in biblical sense, fully developed in Christ, come on, an adult Christian, full of Christ, complete in Christ. That perfection or completeness is only when a person has the fullness of Christ inside of him. When we can say, I am complete, or I'm an adult, or you know what, I'm full of Christ, is only someone, amen, that, 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 that has the fullness of Christ inside of him. He has the full measure of Christ. It's talking about a person that's decided, you know what, I'm not playing church no more. You know, I'm not just going to church anymore. That person is the one that decides, I am the church. I'm the church. See, the building doesn't make the church. You, say me, you make the church. We become the church. You are the church. You're not going to church. I'm the church. I'm part of the body of Christ. That's the fullness of Christ. That's being complete in Christ. In other words, we need to grow up and be adults. Come on, somebody, for Jesus. Come on. Look what it says after Ephesians chapter 4, 14 to 16. It says this. Then we will no longer be immature like Christians or like children. I'm sorry. But we'll be tossed, we won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ Jesus, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. And so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. See, maturity brings the completeness of Christ, church. Another translation says that we will no longer be infants. See, as we start to grow up in Christ, as we start to become adults, amen, we're no longer like infants. Come on, little trouble goes, a, a brother tells us something, we don't, we don't blow and say, oh, no, that's it, I'm out of here. Or we don't go back being mad or putting a, a little, uh, we, we have the, our little tantrums or anything like that. No, we've got to understand that when we're complete in Christ, church, we grow healthy. We move on. We settle things as a family and just continue to move on. That's where we start to grow, church. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants. But in thinking, be adults. Come on, when it comes to evil, we should be immature about evil. We should be immature about what's going on. You know what? There's some terms that they throw out there, and I'm like, what? I don't even know what that means. But yes, there's other Christians that, oh, yeah, that's what it means. They're hip with the lingo. We should be ignorant to the things that are evil today. Come on, somebody. Come on, we should know what the, the phrase is for this or that. Or, you know, I know the phrases when I grew up, but I'm not learning the new phrases as, as I'm growing in Christ. I, I, you know what, I'm thinking like I'm mature, but when it comes to evil right now around the world or, or with the slang that's out there, I'm ignorant to that. Ephesians chapter 6, 11 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's talking about completeness. Come on, if we want to be complete in Christ, if, if his love makes us complete, amen. But if Christ is living inside of us, then, then we are going to be strong and we are going to be mighty, whatever comes our way, church, because we have the completeness of Christ inside of us. Can somebody say amen? How many know that Christ is the truth? Come on, there is no other truth. 
He says, I am the truth, I am the way, I am the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. Because why? He is the truth. There is no other way to heaven, church. There is no secret way. There is no back way. It has to go through Jesus Christ. Because he is the truth. And the Holy Spirit who guides the church is the spirit of the truth. If the truth is in you, let me tell you, church, it will bring maturity. It will bring completeness in Christ in you because Christ is the truth. And the Bible says the truth will what? Set you free. It will set you free. You know, if the truth is living inside of you, then you are going to be complete. You are going to be full of power. You're always going to be strong. No matter what you're facing, no matter what situation that you're going through, amen, because Christ is inside of you. And when he's inside of you, it always brings maturity to do the right thing, to say the right thing when things rise up because Christ is in you. His truth is inside of you, church. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truths. Come on, if you're spirit-filled and Holy Ghost-filled, church, then that truth lives inside of you, and he guides you to all truths. Now, the devil is the opposite of the truth. He's a liar. The Bible says that he's a father of them. Now, as followers of Christ, we must be committed. Somebody say committed. We need to be committed to the truth which means both our words and actions should always be pleasing to God. The truth reflects, listen, the character of Christ inside of us. If we're arguing, if we're, if we're mad-dogging, we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing, church, church, not inside of us. Because this truth will show us the truth. Are you following me, church? See, speaking the truth in love is not always easy. Come on, somebody. But how many know that's necessary? If the church is going to do Christ's work in this world, the truth, come on, in love is always going to help us grow, church. Describing the mature Christian, Paul says, that's the mark. That's one of the marks that's able to speak the truth in love. You have the ability to speak the truth in love when, when, when you're being mature in Christ. Sounds simple, but it's hard for most people. Because uh, some people speak good at the truth, but they fall short in doing it in love. Come on, they, they're, they're good to bring the word at you, but they don't bring it in a loving way. Come on, you've fallen. Come on, you're a sinner. You're this, you're that. I mean, they, they speak. It's the truth. You keep doing that. You know what? It's the truth, but they're not doing it in a loving manner. And then there's others that do a good job in love, but have a hard time of telling somebody the truth. They just love people and they, it's okay, don't worry. But no, but it's, they're not telling them the truth. They're comforting them. But they're not telling the truth. I say you hurt me with the truth. Don't comfort me with a lie. Tell me the truth, man. If I'm falling short, tell me. I won't be offended. I, you know, maybe, maybe my flesh will act up, but tell me. Put me in my right place. Come on, I want someone to guide me. Am I going the right way? Am I doing the right thing? You know, we, we should tell each other the truth, but in a loving way. Guide our brothers and sisters. Don't, don't just put them down. Don't start talking about them. Don't, don't, don't start saying, you know what, I've I seen them doing. No, you got, you got to guide them in the right direction and say, you know what, man, that's really not right, man. They, come on, come on. God has so much more for you. Start to minister the word of God. Start to teach each other. Don't just start banging them up. 
hitting them up and walk away. That, that does nothing. All you did was speak the truth, but you did do no, no love. So Paul here is instructing here for us to do both of them. Speak the truth, but do it in a loving manner. Listen, if you have a problem with another believer, another brother and sister in the church, don't go tell somebody about them. Go directly to that person and speak the truth in love. Whatever that may be, whatever that, that's going on between you and one of the brothers and sisters in this church, don't, don't go start talking about it. Don't let it be a, a lunch after Sunday service all about them. Let's, let's go to that person, you know what? What you said, this is how I feel. And when you did this, this is what I felt. Or you know, when you said that, this is, this is, this is how I'm feeling. Or you know what? I'm angry because you said this. You know, get things right. We're, we're a family here. The enemy's bringing the lies. He's bringing division. He's attacking. He's prowling in the church right now. He's prowling in every service, trying to bring division, trying to bring separation, trying to bring isolation, trying to bring you to shut down, amen, instead of you doing your part. And this is all a lie. This is all an attack. This is all, this is well planned out from the enemy to shut down the church or shut you down. Let's grow as a church. Maturity and the truth is what's going to take us in the next level, church. If you want to go higher in your ministries, you want to go higher in God, you want to do something for the kingdom of God, then let maturity, that maturity is the truth that's going to take us to that next level. You know, we, we need to grow, amen, because yeah, as we go higher, church, as we get closer to the end, the enemy's going to get meaner and meaner. The enemy's going to get uglier and uglier. Things are going to rise up. They're going to blow your mind, amen. If you're not mature in Christ, come on, just like I was saying earlier, it, it, they're going to come so easy, trick you that it sounds like the truth and deceive you. And you're going to believe in that. Why? Because the truth is not inside of you. See, if the truth is inside of you, it's evident. It, it brings up, you know what, that's not right. It sounds, it sounds all right. It sounds okay, but you know what, it's not the truth. Because my word says, God's word says, and see, the, now the truth inside, now you can bring forth. But if you're not really have the truth, then you say, you know what, you're, you're, you're kind of right. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Never looked at it that way. You know, you make sense now. And then the gospels change. <coughs> We're living in those days, church, where the lie will become a truth and the truth will become a lie. And if you don't know the truth, you will be caught up in that confusion. <coughs> That's why it's so important to read the word of God. <coughs> That's why it's so important to be active in the kingdom of God. Doing your part, church. That's what keeps us saved. Is doing, working, serving, but at the same time loving, loving to do it because you're the truth, and the truth is inside of you. So there's there's just something inside, man. This this is good. This feels good. You're you're, you're doing something, and and that should motivate you. No matter what comes, we all get tired, church. You know, the kingdom of God is run by tired men. You know, I think our rest will come, Amen. Once once we cross the finish line. But we have to work, church. And I'm not saying there's not breaks in between. God gives us rest. But if you have the truth in you, he'll show you how to rest. David rested in the Lord and found strength in the Lord. There's times that we got to take a rest and find our strength in the Lord. But we get back into work. 
We're not meant to stay there and vacation there. Come on, we, we were supposed to refresh us there and then get back to work and doing our part. As we start to grow in that maturity in that next level, then we're not going to be blown and tossed. We're going to be standing solid, mature, complete in Christ because the truth is inside of us. So how we do this, everybody just does their part. We just do our part, church. You start exercising the gifts that God has given you. You start doing the things that are desires inside of you. Just say, you know what, don't, 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 don't procrastinate. Say, well, I'll, I'll do that next year or I'll do this in June. No, do it now. Get busy now because that busyness is what's going to save you. Don't, don't be idled. Don't be idled in your gifts. Don't be idle in these things because he says, you know what, if you don't use those gifts, he'll take them from you and give it to somebody else that's doing their things with their gifts. God's looking for workers. God's looking for a body. Come on, the 12 disciples turned the world upside down because why? They went out and they worked. And they hustled and they got, they got taught, they got discipled. And when the master left, amen, they knew what to do. Peter automatically flew in his gift. A man that thought he was, he made mistakes, a man just walked under his anointing. Come on, walked in his gifts. Come on, preached the word. He was meant to be a preacher. Preaches his first sermon, 3,000 people get saved. Imagine if he held back his gift. Imagine the gift, amen, uh, of these great preachers that have gone before us, amen. If they held back their gift, where would the world be now? Come on, imagine if we just stopped doing what we're supposed to do. Imagine who you're supposed to reach, now no longer reached. Or delayed in the reaching. We've got to do our parts, church. Like I said earlier, none of us is better than all of us. If we all do our parts and use our gifts and build each other, amen, we can build this church, we can build PCLV, and we can do it in unity. There's unity here, church, but the enemy's crafty and he's sneaking in. I see him picking his head in the, into our sanctuary. I see him peeking around. He's peeking around. He's looking around. He's trying to bring something. He's trying to crush what's going on. Our focus shouldn't be on everybody else. Our focus should be, what am I doing? Don't worry about what about, well, they're not doing nothing. No. You worry about yourself. Do what God told you to do. We all do our part. We're going to grow 2018. If we're going we're gonna to live up to the, to the past years, amen. Are we just going to be another year that said, man, made it another year. Should we be at the end of 2018 going into 2019? Man, that was a great year, man. I can't wait till 2019. Man, I did this and this, and God used me here, God used me there. Man, look at our church now, man, because uh, all of us are doing our part. Now people are coming in and filling up this place. We're discipling people. People are no longer backsliding no more. They're hanging in there, but they're believing, they're trusting, because people are discipling people. And we're growing because all of us are doing our parts. I mean, the Bible says we'll no longer be immature, but we'll be complete in Christ as each one does their part, church. Uh, Come on, we will not be blown and tossed. No one will fall away in the wayside. We will continue being who we need to be in the church, amen, as we all just do our very own part, church. Uh, We can build it. 
You see, Christ forms us into one body, but we grow as a group of individuals, amen, who are united with purpose, their love for one another, and their love for the Lord, amen. That's what our banner's been all year. Last year was love. God was saying you need to love. You need to love what you're doing. When you're serving, when you're doing your part, your ministry, it should not be a burden. It should be because it's driven by love. I love what I do. I love what I serve. I, I love serving the kids. I love to see people grow. I, I love to see that God move upon lives. Uh, come on, because when we do that, uh, then God's inside of us, amen. Uh, he lives inside of us. And when he lives inside us, then his love makes us complete. Just like it says behind me. It's a love, church. You fall in love with God. And you fall in love in doing things for God. And you do it because you know what? Because dad says to do it. And I don't want to disappoint my daddy. So I do it. And then you start to fall in love with the things that you think you, you wouldn't like. You just do it. Man, when I went inside the nursery when we were back today, I didn't want to go in no nursery. But God says, do it for me. That's okay, dad. I'll do it for you. Because I love you. And I went in there and I served. And I served. Not, not like, oh, okay. I served. God will teach me how to love. God, help me to love these infants. They're, they're important, God. Help me to do my part in building these, these small individuals right here. And I fell in love with it. I was supposed to fill in. And when the fill-in says, Art, Brother Art, we, we, got, we, got, we got a lot of volunteers now. You can, you can, you can leave now. I said, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. Because I loved it. God was showing me things. You've got to love people, all people, any age, to do what you need to do. God was teaching me things, preparing me as a pastor. And I just did because I loved him. When I do things for him, I fall in love with it. These are things we do our part, church. If one individual stumbles and the rest of the group is there to pick us up, we're there to pick up. You know, we're not here to stone, you know. We're so quick in bringing our rocks out when people mess up just to say, okay, ah, see, to make ourselves, what it is, really is, when we bring out stones, we're trying to make ourselves look better. Well, at least I'm not doing that. Let's get, let's get, we got to throw this man out. Come on, I don't do that, Pastor. You know, I'm bad, but not that bad. We, we do that just to make each other, make ourselves feel better in the things that we're doing wrong. And pointing out that this is greater than what I'm doing, so focus on this guy over here because he's the wrong one. There's the problem right there. Instead of saying, bro, what's, what's going on here, man? I, I'm struggling too. You may not be struggling in that, but you know what? We're here to help each other. We're here to build each other. We're here to show love to each other and say, man, let's, let's get this right. Come on, let's do this. Don't fall into that. We help him and her to walk with God again. And if that person falls into sin, then we, that person can find restoration through the church, through the body of Christ, and we can restore people. We don't, we don't cast them out. We don't, we don't stone them. We don't say, get out. There's, there's, there's other religions out there. They blackball you. We serve a God of grace. Come on, somebody. God of mercy, amen. And when we fall, we just get back up. 
but restoration is found in the church. We should restore the sinner. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brother and sister, if a person is trapped by wrongdoing, those who are spiritual, those should help those turn away from their wrongdoing, but do it in a gentle way. At the same time, watch out for yourself that you may not also be tempted. So don't, don't just look like I'll never do that because it can happen to you. It can happen to anyone. We can never say I'll never do that. God, with God's help, I'll never do that. You know, God, I need you. Every morning, God, I need your strength. Amen. I, I, I don't have enough prayer that's going to carry me six months. I don't need to pray that. No, 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 I need you today. Every day, God, I need you. It says you got to be mature. If you're mature and God is there and you're complete and Christ and the truth is living inside of you, then you are to help those that are doing something wrong and turn them away from the wrong. It says do it in a gentle way. Don't just bring the word at them. Don't bring the correction. Don't just bring the rod to them, but do it in a gentle way. Show them the truth, but do it in a loving manner. But watch yourself. Don't think yourself you're too big. that I'll never fall into that. Let me help you, bro, because I don't struggle with that. No. We help each other. We pick each other up, church. But you watch yourself and don't think you're, you're so high that I can fall into that. Let me learn from this. That when I get those kind of feelings that this person is expressing to me that, that I say, oh, I remember brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so go through that. You know what? I'm getting the same feelings. Now, now you, can, you can say, okay, I'm going to learn from that. You've got to watch yourself. Amen? We've got to do our part, church. If we're going to grow in 2018, church, and do our part and grow and be who God called us to be. You know what? This, this ain't a, that we get on this big ship, a cruise ship, and now we cruise our way to heaven. Because even a ship needs workers. <laughs> we like to just get on the ship and say, you know what? They're going to handle it. I'm just cruising. I'm done. You know, I, I don't get it when people serve God so long. Because I've been serving God. I've been doing that forever. I don't think I want to do it anymore. You lost your love. <laughs> really? I mean, what, is, what do you mean you, you have reached a level that you can't do that no more? I, I don't get that. You know, I, I have no problem picking up a broom. I haven't arrived. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that I should be doing that all the time. But I have no problem if no one's around. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. I don't wait for somebody to walk in and say, you know what, I, I was going to clean that. Can you clean that? If I see something, I take ownership. This is, this is, my, this is my church. I take ownership of my church. I, I'm, I'm proud of my church, amen. And, and I like to see things. And I'll, I'll take care of things. And I know I have people taking care of things already. We're all doing a part. But it doesn't stop me from doing my part. I can still pick up a piece of paper. I don't look around and say, um, Boy, <laughs> boy, is that your job? I, I, we don't point fingers like that. You see it, you take ownership. You do it. Well, it's not my turn to clean. <laughs> and we walk away. No, take ownership. You know, we, we get people, uh, we got things going on, we got church, we got things to put away, and, and people come and say, do you need any help? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to say, no, no problem, let's go. shouldn't ask. You should just do. We just should do our part, church. 
boom, boom. Do, do what we need to do together. Together, we grow. When people are individuals that are just walking out, then all of a sudden it builds division and bitterness in the church. It's all of us doing things. That's how we grow, church. That way no one looks and no one wrong. We're all doing our part. No one has to say nothing. That's why, you know what, my, 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 my thing for sin is here and I don't get near it. I don't cause it even if it doesn't seem wrong or right or whatever. You know what, I don't, like I said before, I, I don't want to cause any controversy. So you know what, I'm just going to stay right here. I, I don't need to get involved. I don't need, even though it's not bad, it's not going to take me to hell, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want any attention drawn to me that causes people to look. Because as soon as you start drawing to that line, that's when people start looking. What's pastor doing? What's that? What are they doing? Wait, what? The line is when you get the attraction. You know, we start doing the things that we, man, can I, can, how close can I get? Stay away from it. That way no one talks nothing. You just do your part. We all do our part, church. And God will start to bring growth inside our lives. God is looking for mature, complete, living the truth church in 2018. I said on Sunday that one of the things that's going to help this for 2018, that we need to strive for holiness. The key, that's going to be the key, church, holiness. Come on, holiness. We need to go back, you know, to what? To the WW, what would Jesus do? I think if we can just go, even as corny as it was before or sounded, I think we need to do that. Would Jesus do this? I think if we went back to just that kind of thinking, we'd probably we'd get our answer. No, I don't think Jesus, I can't see him picturing doing that. I, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I, you know what, I got my answer. You know, instead of thinking what, what I think, I don't think that's that bad. No, what would Jesus do? And I think if we just simply went back to that, we would, we would get all our answers of what we're supposed to do or not do. You'll get clarity. As long as the truth is inside of you. If the truth is not in there, then you're going you're gonna to picture Jesus doing that. But even I think even to the heathens, showing them certain pictures of what Christ is doing, I don't see Christ doing that. I think even the world knows what Jesus wouldn't do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. They already know what's wrong and what's, what's, what, what's right. The world, yeah, because they're looking at you. They're pointing. That's why I said when you get to that line, not only does the church, you get the church's attention, you get the world's attention. Oh, what, what's, what's that? I thought he was this or I thought he was that. I thought she was this. I thought now you start to get attention. The world knows. And church, to be honest, we know too. It takes all of us doing our parts, church, to build a church. It starts with leadership, headship, and down the line, even to our little ones. They should know what the truth is, all the way down to our infants, our babies. So we all do our part, church, to help grow. We help grow the other parts of the The body will grow. Church that's healthy, 
bring the truth of love. It's a key church. Describe for holiness. I think holiness simply takes care of the love of Jesus. What is it? Not compromising, not holding, not, not saying is it. Back then, when you first got saved, it doesn't change.